Well, welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is CAS, CIAC Executive Director Glenn Longarini. Glenn, welcome. How are you, my friend? Doing very well, Pete. Good to be back with you. Good to see you again. It's been a while. It has been. We've enjoyed a nice holiday season. I hope Absolutely. everything is going well with you and your Absolutely. family. Absolutely. Thank you. You as well, sir. You as well. Glenn, last time we were sitting here together in studio, tonight we're here through Zoom because of what's going on in the world. Considering what's going on, what's the CIAC been up to? It certainly has been challenging, Pete. You know, we anticipated uh, that we would be dealing with COVID uh, for an extended period of time. I think, you know, nobody thought that uh, this was going to be a couple months and, and we're going to be beyond this. We knew throughout this year we would be battling it. Uh, we're grateful for the opportunities uh, that we've been able to provide. You know, we do uh, believe with our work with DPH that uh, the, the vaccines have helped keep, uh, keep kids uh, on the fields and keep them engaged in activities. Uh, but, you know, we continue to see uh, these variants pop up that challenge us in different ways. We're seeing one right now in Omicron that is uh, highly contagious and uh, is presenting challenges for our schools, for our teams. We're seeing some schools shut down right now because they don't have enough staff to uh, be able to hold in-person instruction. So, you know, we, we've seen a lot of challenges right now, uh, but we are working our way through these. We will get through these. We will continue to have uh, our winter seasons. We will play postseason tournaments. And if we need to make adjustments, we'll be ready to do so. But, uh, you know, at this time, we're, we're moving forward cautiously and when safe for our kids. Absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about the fall season and wrap that up for, for a couple minutes because the fall season is over. Now we have to break into the winter season. Yeah, the fall season, Pete, was uh, very successful. We had, uh, you know, outstanding tournament uh, play. We had great regular seasons, uh, even though, again, we had some challenges. And I know there was a lot of talk and a lot of concern with football throughout the season. You know, when it came down to it, beat, we only had a few games that weren't able to, to be played. We were able to play all of our postseason tournaments. Just to give you, you know, a, a few quick numbers, we had just under 1% of our games postponed uh, in the fall due to COVID, and we had 0.2% of our games canceled in the fall for all sports. So, you know, I think we did relatively uh, well with, with that. And, you know, the number of kids who uh, tested positive for COVID uh, through uh, for all of our athletic teams was at 0.8%. So, you know, we were uh, we, we ran a very effective uh, fall season thanks to the work of our coaches, our administrators, athletic trainers, uh, great work by our officials. And we were able to provide some outstanding opportunities for kids. And boy, we had some exciting uh, state championship play in all sports. Absolutely. What do you have a favorite one that st stood out from the fall? Uh, you know, it, I tell you, Pete, it was just getting back, just like it was last spring. It was seeing the excitement on the kids' faces, just being back involved in, in tournament play and, uh, you know, being able to experience those milestones, especially our upperclassmen, seeing seniors able to, uh, to get those opportunities to have their senior nights uh, through the regular season, you know, some of those things that, that we miss that aren't just sport related, but really affect the mental, the social uh, well-being, the, you know, the, the health of our, of our kids. So to me, that was the highlight. We, we got on the field, we were in practices, kids had opportunities to develop meaningful relationships 
with pairs uh, and with coaches and adults. That's really what education-based athletics is all about. Uh, and we're grateful that we were able to, uh, to do that this fall uh, with uh, almost 40,000 athletes this fall. Just, just outstanding participation. Speaking of, speaking of fall sports and just high school sports in general, our friend George DeMeo was here not long ago. Okay. <laughs> what a, I tell you, what every a time I guy. come on the show, there's another mutual friend you come up with that uh, that we work with. I know he was he he was here, he was here not long ago. What a great guy he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, all right, we passed on. We talked about fall season. Let's talk about the winter season, and especially in general. And let's also talk about the winter spike in COVID. Yeah, Pete, great points. You know, again, right now we're dealing with some of the highest uh, positivity rates, but fortunately, you know, we're dealing with this at a time that uh, we've had uh, a year plus into uh, the pandemic right now. Uh, we have the vaccinations that, that are available that are significantly helping reduce the impact uh, of the symptoms for, uh, for our kids and for our adults when they, uh, you know, if they do contract uh, COVID. Uh, but as I said at the onset, it, it is significantly impacting our schools. We're we're seeing schools close due to staffing. Um, you know, we're seeing some games. I, I'm just thinking, of, you know, a girls basketball game the other night in the SEC where, you know, one of the teams was playing with six players because, uh, oh, wow. you know, the rest of the team was out with, uh, with COVID. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, that, that just shows you um, how important it is for, for our schools, our coaches, and our kids to give opportunities whenever we can. You know, that, that's something we've really learned through this experience, the value again is enjoy the moments and take advantage of every moment we have because you, you never know, you know, what's gonna pop up and, and what's gonna come to, to interrupt those opportunities. So um, we're seeing our coaches, our kids, our, our programs uh, really forge through this. Great work by, again, our administrators, our athletic trainers to return kids to play uh, properly and, and when it's healthy for them to do so. Um, we, we are watching what's happening with postponements of games. Right now, there are no changes. Okay. Uh, but we'll continue to watch this, Pete, because if we get to that point uh, where adjustments need to be made for the number of games you have to play to qualify for a tournament um, or how we run tournaments, then you know, we'll be prepared to make those decisions. But right now, we're, uh, we're moving forward as scheduled. Now, as far as winter sports goes, obviously, there are Winter sports are inside. Are we doing spectators or are we doing not spectators? I was watching a, I was watching the news over the weekend and I saw one of the college game, one of the college teams in Connecticut was playing, but they were playing to an empty field house with just the coaches, the officials, and the team. There were no spectators in the stands. Yeah, we've re deferred the um, spectator decisions to the local school districts. Okay. That yeah, that, that's one of the items, Pete, that we've seen. It varies greatly based on what the COVID metric is within your community. So right. even while we're seeing high spikes right now, there may be parts of the state that are doing okay. And you know there may be other parts that are struggling. So we've seen leagues come together and create league policies uh, right now. So there's uniformity for uh, within leagues, uh, but CIAC is not dictating any restrictions in uh, attendance at this point and you know we'll control that when it comes to our tournaments uh, but much like we did in the fall we're going to honor and respect uh, what the local districts have so in fall sports and swimming and in volleyball we saw some restricted attendance 
uh, requirements for those venues, whereas, you know, football, soccer, uh, field hockey, there, there were no restrictions. So we'll respect whatever the local districts uh, issue. Now let's talk about the sports guidance or quarantine and return to protocol after you test positive. Yeah, those are the hot topics right now. Well, let's yeah, talk. So, uh, you know, especially the quarantine topics right now. And, you know, it's, it's understandable because the gap between the uh, quarantines for uh, interscholastic athletics, youth athletics, and uh, the school day has widened. Um, there has been a gap in that for a, a period of time right now when the CDC recommended that uh, quarantines can be reduced to seven days for, uh, for schools. The quarantine period for athletes stayed at uh, 10 to 14 days, depending on uh, the circumstances. So right. there, there had been discrepancy there. But now that it's reduced to, uh, to five days and you can return on day six, when you have a athletic quarantine that goes to, you know, 10 days return on day 11, we're starting to see that that gap widens. So CIAC and working with its uh, sports medicine advisory committee, we have had some conversations with DPH uh, about revising that, looking to align the quarantine uh, period for athletics and academics based on what we know at this point. Uh, DPH has been a great partner. Uh, they have listened, they have taken our requests, they're reviewing it, and we expect to hear back from them uh, shortly with some feedback on that topic. And and hopefully it'll line. Absolutely. Now, how, how, even though we're amid a pandemic, how's, how are things going with the school season so far? Yeah, you know, it, it's going well. I think the other topic on that note, Pete, that, that yeah. has um, gotten, gotten a lot of attention lately mm -hmm. uh, has been the return to play protocol. So, you know, when you come out of that quarantine, if you tested positive, what do you need to do to return to play? And the recommendation has consistently been to follow the American Academy of Pediatrics return to play protocol. Okay. Now, recently there's been some question, has that guidance been updated uh, where it no longer requires asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic cases uh, to go through a seven day, uh, or it's a five stage program that would return you uh, on day seven, uh, gradual return to play. And, you know, a clarification for that is looking at the updated guidance from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. They do still recommend that everybody who had COVID goes through a uh, return to play protocol. They recommend that if you had mild, ca uh, moderate cases, uh, that that may be extended as well. So we're working to understand, um, you know, does that recommendation uh, permit pediatricians to uh, look at that return to play protocol, factor that into um, the decision of what the student is capable to return to and clear kids to play earlier. So uh, again, that is an item that we're working with the Department of Health, with our Sports Medicine Advisory Committee uh, to understand better the language and what is stated in the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, guidance and to get that direction out to our schools. Again, we hope to have that um, you know, in the next, uh, within the next week or, uh, or so and, uh, and get that information out. But that, that has been a very, um, you know, hot topic and I think a little bit of a confusing topic for our schools, our parents, and our athletes. Glenn, would you want to stick around for another segment? Happy to. All right, we'll be right back. The innocence of youth. Is there anything any better? 
But soon they'll be in high school and facing all the same challenges you faced. How to make friends, how to fit in, how to be cool. We want our children to have everything they'll need to live fulfilling and productive lives. Make sure the kids in your family are among the more than 170,000 participants here in Connecticut who take part in high school sports or activities. Thank you, Connecticut, for doing your part to stop the spread of COVID-19, for wearing your masks, washing your hands, and keeping your distance. So keep it up, Connecticut. We've come too far to go back. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Glenn Longarini, who's the executive director of CASCIAC. Glenn, welcome back. Great to be back, Pete. Thanks for sticking around, pal. So Glenn, what exactly, and I know we didn't talk about this in the first segment, what exactly is CAS, CIAC, and what does each branch of the organization do? Sure, so the parent organization is the Connecticut Association of Schools. Okay. Uh, the Connecticut Association of Schools incorporates members from uh, elementary, middle school, and high school, private, parochial, and public sectors. Uh, and with that, Pete, we represent administrators. So uh, principals are the primary members uh, of our organization. They make up the uh, the board of directors, they make up our committees, they have the, uh, they are the voting legislative body uh, of the organization. Uh, we are a private nonprofit uh, organization and underneath the Connecticut Association of Schools, there's a, a number of other entities. We run unified sports uh, under that, uh, the Connecticut Association of Schools. We have the national chapter, or I'm sorry, the state chapter of National Honor Society and the state chapter of student councils. Okay. Uh, we also obviously have the uh, CIAC, which is the uh, Interscholastic Athletic Conference for our member schools, uh, which is the governing body for our member school athletics. Uh, you know, among all these, we do a lot of other work outside of sport as well. We have a all lot right. of student leadership programs. We have a um, student Equity Advisory Board that is doing tremendous work on action and equity uh, within our schools. We have a, a board, uh, a group of kids that do research projects for the State Board of Education and present those on an annual basis. So we engage uh, close to 100,000 um, high school kids in Connecticut every year in the activities that Wow, you're a very busy organization. You know, it's a busy organization, but it, it's a, we, we do it uh, with the passion and love that we have uh, for kids, for the experiences that we're able to provide them uh, in leadership and in uh, athletics and uh, just tying all these things together again from uh, the kindergarten level on up. We also have um, art award programs for elementary, middle school, uh, high school. So we work with the uh, with the arts as well. And it's just tremendous to engage kids in areas that they're really passionate about. Absolutely. Now, as far as the winter sports season goes, as far as wearing masks, if you're a spectator or if you're playing in a winter sport, how can they, how are they handling that? 
Yeah, you know, right now you got to put masks on, Pete. There you go. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're at a point right now, again, we have high positivity rates. I know there's a lot of COVID fatigue out there. There's a lot of frustration and, and we see a lot of questioning, uh, uh, you know, about what is necessary right now. But what's to us, what's necessary right now is keeping kids active and engaged. Oh, absolutely. In so if to do that, it means that as adults, we have to put a mask on. That's a pretty simple ask. Uh, you know, as kids, if that means you have to put a mask on to play, we think that's a fairly simple ask as well. Let, let's put the mask on so we can continue to have these opportunities. Now, there are a few sports where the mask has been determined to be a safety risk. So, you know, wrestling, swimming, uh, gymnastics, you know, certainly if you're on the balance beam and you're doing a flip and you're trying to spot that landing and the mask, uh, you know, goes up a little bit and, yeah. and interrupts your eyesight, that, that's a significant hazard. So we've identified those sports where regardless of vaccination status, you can take the mask off and compete. But, you know, by and large, let, let's keep the mask on, let's wear it the right way, and that's gonna help us play through these challenging times. Absolutely, absolutely. And how are spring sports looking? You know, we're, people probably don't think as much about spring sports, and I'm glad you mentioned that because we're <laughs> planning for that already. You know, again, you, you, you have to look forward. Um, you know, we have a lot of plans and a lot of things going on. It's not just about trying to handle what's happening in the moment. Uh, as I said, we're looking and prepping. How might we need to pivot uh, if we need to in the future, being prepared for that, but also preparing for uh, what is normally coming. So, you know, we're having a lot of conversations with our uh, venues for uh, winter sport championships. Uh, right. We're talking with Mohegan Sun. We're talking with uh, Quinnipiac. Very excited to be at Quinnipiac for hockey championships this year. Uh, and we're looking forward to, uh, to spring sports. You know, when we get outdoors, Pete, uh, a lot of opportunities open up for us. And, you know, right. hopefully Absolutely. we're going to be uh, getting through this surge and, you know, we get into uh, that the championship season in the winter, we get into the spring and, and the kids can take the masks off a little bit again. Uh, that seems to ease some of the uh, the tensions for kids and, and just let them play and, and have fun in the sports. Absolutely. Event. Now you got you guys are going to be playing your some of the winter finals at Quinnipiac, correct? We are going to play hockey championships at Quinnipiac. Right. Uh, it's going to be the first time in a long time uh, that we're not at the the whale and you know not at Yale there for the yeah. um, for the hockey uh, championships. But you know again, un, un, unfortunately, uh, you know this pandemic has you know presented some some challenges and you know we need to find the venues that are able to uh, to host our uh, our programs and uh, we found a good partnership this year in, in Quinnipiac and we're excited uh, to bring our championship hockey events there this year. Now, as far as basketball are we still going to be up at the mohegan sun the run to the sun is on pete and All right. uh, you know we are we are actively in that right now uh it, it is just such an outstanding venue i can't say enough about the the people at mohegan sun and the mohegan sun arena uh you know they just do such an outstanding job it's uh an experience for our kids like like nothing else so uh you know we're excited to be back uh, at Mohegan and, and our kids are, as I said, in that run to the sun right now and look forward to that championship season. I was gonna say, I've never been up to the Mohegan Sun Arena for even a sporting event or even in the arena. I've been by the arena, but I have, I've never been in. Ah, well, Pete, this is gonna have to be the year for you then, Pete. You're gonna have it? to come up and, uh, and check this out with, with basketball. We do a dedication ceremony 
uh, Friday evening to, to kick it off where we dedicate the tournament uh, to some outstanding people on an annual basis who have really touched the game of, of basketball and, and made some sacrifices that have made things better for our kids. Uh, that's a great event on Friday evening. And then five games on Saturday, five games on Sunday. Oh, nice. It is a full weekend uh, of just tremendous high school sports uh, up at Mohegan. So, Pete, we're going to have to have you come up this year. Absolutely. Now, who are some of the people that the tournaments have been named after? Yeah, you know, we've had uh, some some people. Uh, we honor an official. We honor a coach. And then uh, we honor somebody from uh, CIEC that, that we have seen, uh, you know, really impact that. Um, you know, you know very well, uh, Dr. Niehoff was Absolutely. the, uh, Carissa Niehoff was the last uh, administrator that we uh, honored with that uh, in the in the tournaments. But, um, you know, we've had uh, a number of administrators, coaches, and um, officials throughout the year, that, uh, throughout the years that we've honored. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, you and I have talked off camera. My favorite time of the year for sports, is, for high school sports, is actually the spring because back before the pandemic, I used to help out with Morgan Boys Lacrosse. And unfortunately, because of the COVID and what happened, I've been I've been sidelined, so I'm not going not going back to coaching. I'm actually going to focus more on the show. Well, we'll certainly miss you on the sideline, Pete, but there'll be plenty of opportunities, I'm sure, for us to get you back out there. And, and what you're doing here, bringing information, uh, you know, to parents, bringing information to the communities and the kids uh, throughout the year is, is just as important right now to keep our kids active in the sports. So we miss you on the sideline, Pete, but you're doing an awful lot for high school sports uh, right where you are right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you for those kind words there, my friend. Now, as far uh, what else we want to talk about? We got we've got a little bit more time left. What else we want to touch on? Um, boy, Pete, um, I don't know. You've you've hit pretty much everything here. Um, how much more time do we have? Uh, a few more minutes. Just a few minutes here, huh? Um, you know what? I'd say, hmm. Pete, the hot topic, if you want to touch on it quick, has been uh, sportsmanship, right? And yeah, uh, recently with uh, some score disparities in games. Um, we can hit that quick if you'd like to. Sure, go for it. I'm sorry, Pete, I didn't yep. hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Let's talk about score um, disparities. Uh, yeah, you know, Pete, we, there's been uh, some, inf um, some interest in the news uh, you know, lately about some disparity in scores and games. And, you know, some of this, I think, is a challenge due to COVID. As we mentioned earlier, we're seeing some of our uh, our rosters depleted because of, of kids being uh, quarantined or with COVID uh, right now. So it creates some challenges. By and large, I think our coaches are doing an outstanding job of managing games to, uh, to keep things competitive when they're not competitive. Again, I think our coaches and, and administrators uh, are doing a very good job of keeping scores reasonable and respectable. You know, listen, sometimes mistakes are made. We had a, you know, an issue recently that was addressed, but I think the administrations from both schools did a great job. I think the coach is a good person who has his heart in the right place. I know he's a dad. I know he's a coach. Uh, you know, he's there for the right reasons. That's what education-based athletics is for. We learn from our mistakes. We put the, that into practice and we move forward. Uh, and there are so many great examples of strong sportsmanship out there led by the CIAC Class Act Sportsmanship Program uh, that we're going to see many more examples of good sportsmanship than we do of those times that we need to address. 
Now let's talk about the the sportsmanship program. Yeah, the, the Class Act program, we have uh, probably about 85% of our member schools involved in that program right now. Okay. That program helps you develop a council of kids within your school that look at sportsmanship uh, standards and responsibilities. The kids themselves take an active role in being responsible in that. It is led by a sportsmanship committee uh, run through CIAC that, uh, that is a, uh, again, has principals athletic directors at the leadership of that and then have our kids involved in a very meaningful way in a decision-making process. It's an outstanding program for the team, for the schools that are in it. We appreciate it for the schools that aren't in it. Take a look. It's a great way to bring sportsmanship initiatives to your school. Now, how many schools are in it? Uh, so as I said, we got uh, about 85% of 182 schools, Pete. So, okay. you know, we're, we're up there right now, uh, but we'd like to get those remaining schools uh, on board and in the program as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds sounds like a very worthwhile program. It is. It's one of those you know programs as we talked about that uh, you know people don't often think about with CIEC. You just think about the sports uh, and games that that are taking place. But again, these are leadership opportunities uh, that have kids doing uh, actionable work and research within their own schools. Uh, we have a great sportsmanship conference every year that brings these kids together. Many of our conferences run sportsmanship uh, committees and learning days for their kids within their own conference. It, it really is a tremendous program that engages kids in meaningful leadership. Now, if people want more information on CASCIAC, where can they go? Go to that CIACsports.com uh, website and all the information that you're looking for on CIAC Athletics is there. And then same thing on the Connecticut Association of School side. You can just click on that cast icon and it'll take you right over to our cast page. Cool. And we've got a little bit more time left. But before we say goodnight, Glenn, I want to thank you for coming down. And hopefully we'll see you again soon. It's a pleasure, Pete. Can't wait it to is. be back in studio with you. Thanks for all that you do for our kids. Thanks for your coaching in the past. And thanks for bringing this valuable information to your community. Not a problem, Glenn. Thanks for, thanks for some time. And we'll see you again soon. On behalf of Glenn Longarini, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. And we'll see you next time.